Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are you today? Doing well. All Doing right. Well. All right. Let's we'll tackle see what some we problems. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do about improving things. Yeah. But you know. Um, Compared to what? <laughs> you know, there's been worse times and there's been a lot better times, but we're really dealing with what's it going to be like tomorrow or next year or the next generation or raising our kids? And that becomes a little more difficult and there's some bad signs on the horizon as far as I'm concerned in that regard. <clears throat> but there's something going on, you know. Uh, I talk a lot about, uh, you know, the legalization of lying in government, everybody yeah. lies, and it's called nihilism because they, they don't believe there's anything wrong with lying. Yeah. That's, that's, that's their philosophy, that you, you can't know the truth, so why pretend? So I think that's pretty characteristic of what goes on in Washington. But the Democrats right now seem to be running into a little difficulty because uh, that's the way they've operated. And, you know, whether it was Russia Gate or uh, whatever controversy there was, uh, lying was no problem to them. And there was no sense of guilt. There was no sense of shame. And they had the House and the Senate and the presidency. So they had power on their side. So it wasn't a problem. And then the Republicans thought, wow, we're taking the whole thing over. Didn't work out quite that way. The, we did get a nibble. And Republicans now have a very, very small majority in the House, as everybody knows. But uh, it, it may be a powerful minority. And that's what we're <coughs> noticing now, because right now, believe it or not, it sounds like Adam Schiff might be on the defensive. And he's, we, he is almost saying, we got to come clean. We got to clean house and we got to show the people that uh, we're really concerned about getting the right information out. Well, that may work, but uh, there's still a lot of sorting out to do. And uh, now with the documents being found, you know, where? Oh, more, of, more Trump documents? <laughs> no, no. Biden, who said he's clean as a whistle. Uh, they're finding him in his, uh, his garage. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it was uh, secure. It was inside his precious automobile. <laughs> so yeah. they thought it would be okay. But the, but the whole thing now is the, the Democrats are on the defensive. And somebody asked me, well, what would you do about it? And uh, kiddingly, but maybe half serious, just declassify everything yeah. <laughs> and reduce government to the size that it doesn't matter if you know. And the more you know, the better. And, and you know, uh, I imagine the paperwork and what they had to do at the time of the founding of the country was probably pretty small compared to the millions and millions. Even with computers, they still counted in pages. There's a lot of pages out there to uh, m manipulate. But now uh, Biden is on the defensive. They're finding material. So the big thing is, oh, does that mean does that mean Trump's home free? You know, they're doing it, too. Yeah. And the Democrats say, oh, these are not identical. These are not identical. Trump's much there. He, he's much worse than we uh, the Democrats, uh, you know. Uh, so I think that uh, it's up for grabs. There's going to be a lot of checking. Uh, the committees on the Republican side have barely started. But uh, I, I think the most interesting thing I've seen in the last few days uh, is the fact that the, um, 
the Democrats are sort of uh, getting in the defense that, well, you know, uh, uh, we have to be, uh, uh, you, you know, we have to be open about this and and uh, and make sure that they know that we're straightforward. And uh, they're even saying, if this is bad, we ought to investigate. It's actually there's an attitude and a tone that I sense has definitely changed with Biden. I think. I think they're not quite as, uh, uh, you, you know, strong supporters because they think this is, is getting bad because it's all been bad for a long time. But anyway, it, it's changing a little bit. But the exciting thing, if you're just looking for political excitement, is the fact that there is a chance that we will get to the bottom of some of these things a lot better than it was when there was total control by the Democrats. Yeah, no, but the discovery of yet a fourth tranche of documents, a fourth group of documents. At first, it happened to be in his think tank, right? The Biden Center, which was really a money laundering front anyway. But, and that was pretty bad because if you, you, know, you remember the, the um, hypocrisy of Biden talking about how possibly could Trump have been so careless to mishandle classified documents. Of course, when Trump took those, he claims that he declassified, which he did have the authority to do as president and Biden as vice president did not have. So you have this whole hypocrisy of him saying how could he have done it when Biden most certainly knew that he took <coughs> classified documents out of the office when he left. So that was the first one. Then they found some in his garage. The garage, by the way, that was rented by his son Hunter, that great entrepreneur and businessman and artist, jack of all trades. Um, uh, rented by him, and we'll talk about that later. So it's it basically in the garage of a crackhead uh, next to his car. And then you saw a third one at his house, and now a fourth one. Uh, so the question is, some of these were known before the midterm elections. And I think that's uh -huh. a, a big deal because, uh, you know, if it were Trump and the shoe were on the other foot, there would be a very eager media investigating this and trying to get to the bottom of this. But no, they were able to keep it quiet after the elections. And now I just wonder, is it like Nixon, where it wasn't necessarily the break-in, but the cover-up that's going to get him in trouble, or was the break-in itself get him into trouble? As you point out, the people around him are getting nervous. That brings in all sorts of implications too, Dr. Paul, uh, which is, um, is this a ploy to get rid of Biden uh, before the, not before his term is over, but at least to dissuade him from running in 24, to clean the slate <coughs> for the next generation? Put up that first clip because this is what you were talking about, Dr. Paul. Um, some of his stalwart supporters are getting nervous. Adam Schiff admits possible national security jeopardized with Biden documents. And immediately you want to know, Dr. Paul, whether some of those documents had to do with Ukraine. His son had a very lucrative job, as you remember, <laughs> making 80000 a month, which is just slightly over what we make doing this show. <laughs> 80000 a month <clears throat> working for Ukraine and working for China. We know the Chinese subsidized the Biden Center, uh, that great think tank uh, that has done so much great work. So there are so many questions that are raised over the, the, uh, the so-called documents, and Biden still isn't handling it well, and we'll go into that uh, next. Well, you can't, you can't blame him. I mean, he, he has a lot of rent to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> $55,000 a month? <laughs> so, oh, it's, it's family stuff. <laughs> so it, it has nothing to do with corruption in government. 
But, you know, the, the Democrats are trying to do two things. One is that they're the good guys and they're open, they're clean, and uh, they're fully disclosing everything that's happening by the book. As soon as something's available, they put it right out and everybody will know about it, except it keeps dribbling out. Yeah. And, you know, if they've already found, found four different places where they have found material, my guess is there's some more, <laughs> you know. But, but anyway, they, they're, they're trying to say that uh, uh, they have followed the rules, nothing like Trump. Trump was hiding things, so, and, uh, so they can't argue that uh, they, what they're trying to do is close out the Republicans for saying, oh, you guys did it too, so Trump's is not so bad. But Trump's taken in the right position. We're, we, are, we are different because, because uh, you know, legally they're yeah. different. Vice presidents don't have the same, same uh, responsibilities as, as a president. Uh, the the one one thing they argue this whole idea about not being the the same is, is uh, very interesting because if uh, what what they want us to believe is that um, you, you know if they're the same then Trump gets a pass on this yeah. but uh, I think the Republicans uh, should say uh, yeah uh, yeah. Uh, no, it isn't the same, and Trump has essentially has done yeah. it. The Democrats want to say it's the same, it's the same, so you guys are all guilty, we're all guilty, and that's how they're going to soften the stand. But the whole whole, whole thing is uh, there the, the, there is a difference, and uh, I think the Republicans should just continue along the line of what Trump has said. That uh, yeah, well yeah, we agree with you. It isn't the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, but the Democrats want to say it isn't the same because. Our infractions are minor, and, and these are petty crimes, and you're co you're committing capital crimes. Yeah. So, so uh, th th I think I think the, the Republicans should say yes, and indeed, there's a big difference between you you know what the, uh, what they have done and what they're accusing the Republicans are. Uh, so anyway, it'll be interesting to see because there may be an honest hearing along the way. You know, something that you know you know th there's. There's uh, a hope for that, but you know, I've been rather cynical of investigations yeah. over the years because uh, even when they're bipartisan, uh, you know, the big ones, you, you know, whether it's a investigating assassinations or Y2, Y27, you know, yeah. the, uh, the insurrection, all yeah. the, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mostly a cover-up. But anyway, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because there seems to be some very eager, smart people looking into this, and they might be motivated to uh, clean house. You know, that we always point out the hypocrisy and how that can sometimes really condemn you. I mean, you know, we have Biden, who was so aggressive about Trump. He sent in the FBI to raid Trump's property, even though Trump was already cooperating with the FBI on these documents and they were secure, uh, not totally properly, but they were secure, unlike in a box next to Biden's Corvette, um, next to <laughs> Hunter's crack pipe. But so they're trying, to, so basically he's attacking Trump at the same time he had to have known, theoretically, that he had also taken a ton of documents when he left in 2017. These aren't things that are just laying around your office, you know. I mean, I, I worked in a secure environment before and I know these are things that are very, very well regulated. They don't just sit around, you know, they have to be locked up at night. So there had to be some positive movement on his part to take documents that were classified. Let's put up this next uh, clip because this is, goes on with what we we're saying in the first part, which is even some of the senior 
senior old line Democrats like David Gergen, a real deep state guy. Former Clinton advisor David Gergen says Biden risks being creamed by Doc's case. Very, very big deal, he says, and that was on CNN. But here's another aspect of it, Dr. Paul. It's, again, is it the cover-up or is it the crime? <laughs> How Biden is cleaning up and searching for these documents is not, nothing short of weird. And here's Representative Mark Green from Tennessee who, who asks a very important question. He says, okay, I give up. Why, why, why are Biden's personal attorneys who have no security clearance searching for additional classified documents instead of the FBI? And this was a very odd thing. He basically called his lawyers and said, hey, I need you to move some boxes, <laughs> right? That's a pretty high price moving uh, company. Um, but thankfully, our friend Jonathan Turley has a very, very good answer to why he's using his attorneys in this unsecured classified material rather than the FBI or anyone else who's capable of, of managing it. And Turley says Biden did not use security officers of the FBI to conduct further searches. The president has a host of people who regularly has to handle classified material. So why use lawyers? The answer appears to be the same as in the case of Hillary's emails. <laughs> Control. And he goes on to the next one if you can. This is why. Unlike FBI agents, these lawyers are not acting on behalf of the public interest, but of the president's personal interest. They are more likely to minimize incriminating or embarrassing elements. He's got his own attorneys in there searching through, and I'm sure if there's anything juicy, putting it aside so no one will see it or no one will know anything about it. Yeah, that would be the temptation, but it's also the danger for, for them is because that'll be a part of the uh, cover-up, yeah. you know, when, it, when it's finally discovered. And they're not gonna, they can't come clean now and say exactly why they were in there. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just, just so useless thing because it's just a consequence of big government and secrecy and competition and political chicanery and, and internationalism and all these things that's going on. But uh, there are a few people there and you, you know, our, our friend, uh, uh, Thomas Massey is is around, and he'll he'll be keeping an eye on things the best of his ability. So uh, this this hope some good comes of it, but uh, in the past. Uh, you know, I keep thinking about the Church Commission, and that was wonderful and exposed a lot. But our policies never changed. Matter of fact, our coups and our involvement became more, they became more sophisticated in hiding things. That's about all. So uh, people have to realize that even if, if it looks like it's happening, they have to have follow through if you're gonna have a change. Because policy, you know, is, is a steady increase in, <coughs> in, in government involvement, intervention interventionism, whether it's economics, a social type of interventionism, foreign interventionism, no matter how many setbacks you think. There was a time when after Vietnam War, boy, we've, we've been kicked out. We've learned our lesson. Yeah. And then they were so glad when somebody came along and said, we're going to get rid of that attitude. We're going in and remake the Middle East and become heroes again. Yeah. <laughs> so you know how that worked out. Well, you know, Dr. Paul, when your grown child uh, moves out and then he has to move back in the house and he has a job, a lot of times parents will charge rent. Hey, you're, you know, you're on your own. You're making your own money. You got to kick in a little bit to the family. Well, the Bidens <laughs> did, basically did just that, which is, as you referred to earlier, Hunter moved back home, uh, moved back to dad's place, 
and put on this next clip, but something weird happened. He had to fill out a form, uh, and part of that form was, it was a background check form, and he had to write down, well, what do you pay in rent uh, per month at your place, at dad's place? And Colin Rugg tweets, can someone tell me why Hunter Biden was allegedly paying $49,910 a month in rent at his father's house where the classified documents were found? Now, it's possible that Hunter was high as Hades and he put an extra zero on there. But if that was not the case and he actually did have a lucid moment, why was Hunter paying the big guy 50 grand a month? I'm sure it was a nice place, but nevertheless, that's a pretty high rental payment. I, my guess would be that there's some fraud involved and some libel involved, uh, but those are petty crimes and uh, they'll, they'll probably work hard to overcome this and you don't want to disturb it. They'll, they might even get somebody to agree. <laughs> and this, this has some plausibility. Why do you get rid of Biden? Are we going to impeach him and throw him out? Yeah. And then look at what we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it, there's no easy answer there. It, before it used to be, well, well, that's okay. If you get rid of them both, we have Nancy to fall back on. <laughs> so no. not, not the case now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, again, a lot of speculation that they, you know, they don't want him to run. They want Gavin Newsom. They want the, the House Minority Leader uh, in Jeffers. Uh, they want someone else to run and they want a new guard and that might be why they're breaking with him. We'll see, but um, you know, maybe uh, he'll be out, uh, Kamala will be in, she'll name Hillary vice president, she'll resign, and we'll have what should have been in the first place if it wasn't for those evil Russian bots throwing the election. Well, let's move on to the next topic if you're ready because this is a very special day and I know you, you do a lot of thinking about this individual and your views on him have changed over the years. Um, this is Martin Luther King Day, let's put on uh, this next clip just to refresh us a very important speech slash sermon that he gave why i am opposed to the vietnam war and i know it made a great impact on you dr paul uh yeah so early on probably when i was in college and all we we heard about martin luther king and i was in a conservative republican family and automatically we knew he was a liberal and he was a bad liberal and he was a socialist and some said he's a communist and all so i i had uh, no positive things uh to think about but as time went on and i was in congress when they voted on martin luther king day and uh i didn't vote for it but i probably wouldn't have voted for any any more presidential any holidays because it was a big expense because that just meant another paid holiday for everybody federally employed even the others uh, you know around the country you can get a day off anyway I didn't I didn't vote for that but uh, lately in the last few years especially since I've gone to Congress and gotten involved in foreign policy you know I have found the things that I admire about Martin Luther King mainly his foreign policy that he had and also the wonderful statement that everybody quotes but nobody follows and that has to do with uh, uh, you know character being superior to the color of your skin yeah. and it's a wonderful statement but uh, you, you know what's going on today is exactly the opposite you know the color of your skin is everything and uh, of course they're the savior of, uh, of democracy and, and liberty but that's, that's another story but um, I think the uh, whole, whole thing is is Martin Luther King became uh, was anti-war 
But uh, one year before he was assassinated, he gave his famous speech at the, uh, the, the church in New, uh, in New York, and he took it on. Yeah. That would have been uh, 1962, I guess. Uh, no, no, let's see, let's see. Uh, anyway, it was the year before he was assassinated, and uh, he, uh, he laid it out uh, in a moral tone. This is an immoral, despicable war. And, um, you, know, you know, the deep state didn't like that, like they didn't like, you know, the buildup to, uh, you, you know, uh, Kennedy, uh, you know, being president and, and turning more anti-war. But Martin Luther King uh, was strong and he, and, he, and he stood strong on that and he did it in a moral tone. Uh, he had religious uh, believers behind him on it and yet he was so strong that they felt compelled that he had to be assassinated. And once again, who do you think did it? Well, you probably have a thought, but my <laughs> thought is it probably involved the deep state. Yeah. You know, the, the, the uh, people who make money off war and the people who work on empires. Uh, that, those are the people that saw to this. And the evidence is pretty strong that government agencies were involved in, uh, in the assassination. And he himself admitted there was a huge pressure on him to not embrace the anti-war cause. Stay out of these foreign affairs, Martin. It's none of your business. Just stick with the civil rights and civil liberties. He said, no, you cannot separate them. And I just want to read a sentence or two from this speech, this great speech, because I think, I mean, it, it's very, very touching, and I think it animates everything that we try to do uh, with the Institute and, 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 and others. He said, let me say finally that I oppose the war in Vietnam because I love America. I speak out against this war, not in anger, but with anxiety and sorrow in my heart, and above all, with a passionate desire to see our beloved country stand as the moral example of the world. I speak out against this war because I am disappointed with America. And there can be no great disappointment where there is not great love. I'm disappointed with our failure to deal positively and forthrightly with the triple evils of racism, economic exploitation, and militarism. Very, very good point. I speak against this war because I love my country and I want her to be a moral example. If only those words would continue to resonate. It's, it's too bad because it really would be pretty neat to see how he'd be responding to the critical race theory. Yeah. He'd, he'd have to object to this because I believe what he you just read, very, very sincere and very, very moral and ethical and principled and constitutional. But uh, it, uh, it, it is something that, uh, uh, you know, really, really bugged the people. Uh, that depends on the war. That's that's the part that's so hard for me to comprehend. Why they would go to these extremes? You know, what if they had? Uh, you know, there are some hawks who aren't quite as idiotic as, as, as you know. <laughs> they're just they're just plain old hawks, and they might not know too much about it. They, you, there are some conservative Republicans who feel that uh, you, you know that the defense of the country required this, and and they're they're talked into it. Yeah. Sort of like they were deceived deceived into endorsing the Monroe Doctrine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's, uh, hopefully we'll pause, people will pause and remember the, the great aspects of MLK's life. And please don't go look at that statue because it's the worst. I don't know if you saw it, Dr. Paul. I, it was oh. made a big deal over the weekend. It was, a, I mean, two very attractive, Coretta Scott King was a beautiful woman. He was a good looking guy. The statue that comes out makes him look horrible. It looks like monsters. I don't know. Yeah. What is up with that? I couldn't quite figure it out. Well, it, was just a it was just weird. Um, that's public art for you. Anyway, let's move on to our final topic. And 
you know, there are so many aspects to this. We're just going to touch on one. But, you know, we were hes we've been hesitant about McCarthy. We remain hesitant about McCarthy. He's been in there too long. Nevertheless, he has made a promise, uh, supposedly. We'll put on this next clip. And Matt Gates has put a lot of pressure on McCarthy. And here's from Conservative Brief. Here's a tweet saying, Gates and Boebert say McCarthy has agreed to release all January 6th footage. If that's true, Dr. Paul, if they release all the closed circuit TV, all the body cams, everything, if they release that 14,000 hours, we may finally get a true picture rather than a picture that was filtered through the eyes of Adam Schiff a real, in the January 6th committee, a real picture of what happened so we can finally decide for ourselves whether it was an insurrection, whether it was an FBI operation, or, or what it was. You know, I, I think it's, a lot is going to be exposed, and this is a, a good uh, position for us to have. But, uh, you know, I think what's going to happen politically very well, they can spend the next six months to a year. They can't, they can't do everything in one day. I mean, they have to, you know, organize these hearings, but they're going to. And, you know, by the, by the time the next election starts, which is soon, yeah. it's usually the year before the primary, and they're going to uh, have the Democrats on the defensive. The Democrats are already on defense. If they lose January 6th uh, as an issue, yeah. uh, which they should, because uh, they treat, I mean, that is such a violation of what they did. And they called this, uh, you know, a bipartisan hearing and this <laughs> stuff. And it was all, all at the, the take of that. I wonder how many lies were told <laughs> during those hearings. You know, yeah. it's just, it's so, so bad. And uh, I think that uh, politically it's not going to help the Democrats, but I do believe it helped them in the past. I believe their lies in, uh, in, uh, in 16 started to help yeah. them. In 20, it certainly helped them. And in, tw uh, in uh, you know, uh, 22, it helped them. But right now there may be a shifting when you see the Democrats, uh, you, you know, getting a little bit nervous about that. Uh, I, I think that uh, they ought to be worried for political reason, but uh, maybe, maybe we can get a, a little bit of reprieve before the whole thing comes crashing down on us. But you know, we, we, we were excited about some of the benefits we were getting to see by the exposure, of what was happening on the war on COVID, yeah. and they're still there. But they're whittling away at it, and then all of a sudden you read this stuff, that's over, that's over now, but people are putting their mask back yeah, on. Yeah, and it, it, it's so tragic. So uh, they, they don't give up, and there's a lot of people out there that, be, because they endorsed it, they don't want to give it up either. But if they ever get the hearing going, and hopefully they do this, it's get the hearing going and allow people to do the medical autopsies, uh, and I put that in quotes, to looking at the statistics on the, the people uh, who have died in this period of time on whether or not they've had, uh, had shots, had yeah. uh, vaccines. And they, don't even, they won't even let them ask a question anymore. If you go to a hospital, they might strike the question. So it, even the records are difficult because uh, sometimes they'd either exclude it or they wouldn't ask it and they're not cooperating and it's, it's really bad uh, what's going on. But we have free medicine, the government will take care of us, so uh, this is the kind of thing that happens from government medicine. 
Yeah, you make a good point. If they lose January 6th, that's a big one. That's a big thing. Well, they, they've, they've lost Russiagate. Either some still dead-enders. They're losing January 6th, especially if these come out. Uh, they definitely lost on the economy because that's not going so well. And they will lose on Ukraine because despite how the mainstream media in the U.S. portrays it, things are very, very different uh, in Ukraine. So that is, a, that is a big if, and you wonder what will happen. Well, McConnell might find a way to screw it up <laughs> anyway, but that's another story. But, you know, Julie Kelly, we've had her on the show. In my opinion, she's a hero. She is what reporters should be. She is so dogged. She has been on this case from the beginning. She can sniff, sniff, <coughs> sniff out the inconsistency, the hypocrisy, the cruelty, the unfairness of this whole thing. And she's written about it consistently. And I want to go over a couple things in an article that she just put out. And we had an excerpt on the Ron Paul Institute website. Put up this next clip because this is right after they announced that these may come. What the January 6th videos will show by Julie Kelly. And this is in American Greatness. That's what she writes for. And here's just a couple of things, Dr. Paul. I'm just going to read them out from her piece. It's a great article. I encourage everyone to read it. American Greatness. Look it up here. But go to the next clip. She said, so... Exactly what will the tapes reveal? And she says, The footage which captured the inside and outside of the building will show how many agitators and or federal assets were staged at various locations early in the day. Representative Clay Higgins might finally get an answer to the question that FBI Director Christopher Wray refused to answer during the congressional hearing last year, whether FBI informants disguised as Trump supporters were planted inside the building prior to the initial breach. Now, the second one that she was pointing out, and I, and I didn't get it loaded, we had a problem with loading, but I'll just read it. It will also reveal, will the video identify the individuals who erected gallows featuring an orange noose allegedly built to hang Vice President Mike Pence? Just like the identity of the suspect who allegedly planted a pipe bomb at the DNC and RNC, no one has been identified or charged with, const with constructing that stage on government property. Another unanswered question, the footage will reveal. And I got just two more, Dr. Paul, if you'll bear with me. Here's another one from Julie's piece. The public will undoubtedly be shocked to see police officers from Capitol Police and DC Metropolitan De Police Departments viciously attacking crowds of people assembled outside the Capitol. Mendoza's testimony also confirmed, Mendoza is Capitol Cop, that Capitol Police officers used non-lethal munitions on hundreds of individuals beginning shortly after one. Weaponry included pepper balls, projectiles containing a chemical irritant shot from a launcher similar to a paintball gun, gas, rubber bullets, and flashbangs uh, caused fatal heart attacks in two Trump supporters that afternoon. They, in other words, Dr. Paul, they started beating up on these people way, way early, and it got them agitated, and it irritated a lot of people. And now the final one, if we can put it on, this is from Julie's piece, final clip. She said, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Thursday endorsed Gates' calls to release the footage. I think the American public should actually see what happened, McCarthy told reporters. Yes, I'm engaged to do that. And Kelly, uh, Julie Kelly uh, finishes, if McCarthy follows through with this promise, the world will see the biggest inside job, an actual coup, in U.S. history unfold before their eyes. Not only is it necessary to expose the truth of January 6th, but to exonerate innocent Americans whose lives have been destroyed in the aftermath. We can only hope. 
you know, the whole process is a farce and it should have excited a lot more people than it has uh, because there was really no opposition. Uh, they, the defense had no rights. Uh, they had nobody representing them. They, 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 I guess, had attorneys on occasion, but it, it was a lawless court. And uh, they, uh, you know, in, in regular law, if, uh, if the prosecution has information and they pop it up in the, in the, can, in the, in the trial and they haven't told the defense, it's a mistrial. It's automatically mistrial. So I think that's what the Republicans ought to start doing now as they're getting this information. Have the announcement, mistrial declared, you know, and harp on that because it's a joke. It's a joke and, and uh, the whole way they, they set the thing up. Uh, and you know, in a way, don't you think it's sort of fading away with sort of a whimper right now? It's a, it seems like people lose their enthusiasm, but it still, it still was a powerful political way weapon that happened and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the same old stuff and uh, I think it's part of the judicial system that is so bad that uh, you, you know that uh, you know when you when you have the FBI not acting as a as an instrument of truth and justice and revelations, yeah. it, it's it's part of the part of the enemy. They're part of they're part of the group that want to uh, distort what's what's going on. So I think it's 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 really uh, too bad that this. Uh, I think that was a total mist, uh, mistrial yeah. and uh, uh, it's a miscarriage of justice and uh, this is part of the uh, the big picture that I, I like to contemplate about and the big picture is that things are falling apart. We don't have the rule of law and more and more people are realizing this and uh, although I, we meet a lot of people who know exactly what's going on and are annoyed, we, th those voices are not yet being heard. That's the most we can help, hope for right now because there, the, you know, the, the the house is much as it's improved is not going to uh, automatically shift things because look look at uh, how how bit of frustration is creeping into our statements yeah. about tr trying to move this country in non-intervention and, uh, and and we do and understand why there's a lot of statistics to show that American people are sick and tired of Ukraine yeah. and wasting all this money and the bankruptcies that's coming but uh, it's a long way to go but. Uh, I, I, I still think there's some opening there, just like the openings occurred uh, after a while on uh, on the uh, uh, lockdown for COVID. And people woke up and started standing up for what they thought was right for their kids. So there there was some improvement, but the momentum has to continue. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to close by thanking our live viewers. Thanks for chatting. Um, please like this show. Please subscribe to this channel. We need to boost those numbers and get out there more. Uh, thanks to Rumble for featuring us on their front page. We always appreciate that. It helps our numbers. And please subscribe. Please comment. Please pass it around. And thanks for tuning in. Back to you, Dr. Paul. Very good. And I, too, want to thank our viewers for tuning in and for the support we get uh, from you. Because uh, without you, we can't do much. We can still spout off. And uh, sometimes I did that over the years, spout off. And somebody, why do you keep talking? Well, it's therapy for myself. I was always shocked that somebody did, <coughs> somebody did on occasion actually <coughs> listen. So this is, uh, to, to me, wonderful opportunity that we can continue to do this. And it is a very important thing for us to do this. So um, please consider supporting us in many ways, watching our programs and spreading the message. 
uh, because uh, if we don't participate, and there are many other groups like ours that want to promote uh, these same views on liberty. Uh, so I think if, uh, if, and I've said this many times, I think if you did a true uh, polling of the people in the country to find out about and list what uh, we support and libertarian support and the Constitution says versus what we have, I think 85% of the people would say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You mean we wouldn't have an income tax? And you, the, the government couldn't print money and they couldn't run up deficits? You know, that's pretty good. You know, I think the majority, if they had an honest uh, view, uh, they would. And the big thing is, is what we have to prove to them, because I so sincerely believe it, that if you want a better system, a freer system in a more peaceful world, uh, we have to go in that direction. So pragmatically, uh, philosophically and morally and constitutionally, it's the right thing. But practically, if you want to live in a better society, this is the direction we have to go. And that is why we have the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.